we're on. Hi, you're listening to Playing Karate in the Garage. This is um, our next episode, and we're pretty excited to bring this out to you guys. Hey, everyone. Uh, first of all, let me thank you, everyone that has been listening and has uh, has been sharing the love, sending us you know, good messages, and uh, liking our Facebook page. If you get a chance, give us a bit of a review or a like, either on Facebook, iTunes, or wherever you're downloading our, our podcast from. Uh, we're going to be bringing more episodes with more information for your health and your well-being. I know that a few of you have already put in some, of the, some of our tips into place and already seen some results. So keep listening and we'll keep on bringing stuff to keep it real for you. All right. Straight to business. I mean, long intros can be a bit tiring. So I'm going to give you guys a bit of an update on what's been going on now. A couple of episodes ago, we talked about fish oil. And I'm, I'm sure some of you have gone out and bought, you know, loads of the stuff and um, are taking it, what, 10 caps at a time or however many to, to boost up your natural or your fish oil intake. All right, so here's a, a bit of a warning to everybody. Now, bear in mind, fish oil has blood thinning properties. I don't know if you knew this. No, I didn't. So if you're going to get surgery, you don't want to have... You know, you obviously don't want to have um, that property because you'll bleed easily. So if you're planning to get a surgery off the fish oil, also if you do have, if you are taking any sort of cardiovascular medications, blood thinners such as warfarin, you're going to have to speak to your doctor about it. Yeah, I know, you know, we're not really that big on, on doctors, but some of them do know what's going on. So you don't want to muck around with your medication too much. Um, in saying that, yeah, still a big advocate. If you have injuries, you have joint problems, the, the omega-3s are fantastic, good for your brain, everything we said before. But, you know, your body only, you should only take what your body needs. Don't overdo it. And my big thing is, you know, you overdo a supplement, you're just going to have expensive pee. Pretty much. So, yeah. Okay, that's, that's you know, fish oil. We're going to move on today, and I think you were asking me about my adrenal fatigue. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I just wanted to know how all of that has been going, how your um, blood test went, how your urine sample testing went. Where are you up to that with all that? How's oh, that going? yeah, so I don't know if we gave much information about this, but... Um, give us a quick rundown of, you know, what's been happening and what the update is. Yeah, so from the start? Yeah, 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 definitely. Let's t- take us back and tell us. All right, so I, um, you know, I've had a bit of stress and a, a few issues, especially with with exams and work and life. And um, I had a bit of a, you know, we're not all perfect, right? You have a bit of a mental breakdown and a physical breakdown, and did a couple of tests at home, and found out that I might be suffering from adrenal fatigue. Anyway, went into my naturopath and she did a thyroid a few you know thyroid tests because what will happen is adrenal fatigue is related to thyroid health and um yeah so i found out that my i've got thyroid issues anyway so did the blood test and it turns out that my thyroid tsh levels aren't too bad they're in the normal range so here's, here's the funny thing about that. I think I mentioned it last time as well, that the TSH level, the range is so high. You know, it goes from 0.3 to 5 point something. 
and I scored around one-ish. Now, that's actually still pretty low. It's not in the middle of the road, as it should be, but because of the range, the you know, variable, the variation is just massive, the doctor won't see much of it. So I had to do that pee test and, you know, collect urine for 24 hours and see what happens. That would have been fun. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was the first time in my life I had to do that. And uh, let's just say I hope it's my last. But um, that result will come out pretty soon. And so far, my naturopath had me on a combination of different, like a herbal remedy. She had me up in my magnesium. And I wanted to ask you about that as well, you know, what, what your take on magnesium was. We'll do that in a bit. But um, she also had me up my zinc. And um, she increased vitamin B1 into my supplement sack, which is something that, you know, I, I, would, I dabbled in here and there, the B vitamins, as you do for energy. Uh, never really thought much of it. And I thought, well, this thing just makes my, my you know, pee fluoro yellow, so why bother? But um, I found that the B1 in itself has had some profound effects. So, you know, I'll wake up all groggy and... As we all do when we're at work, we've been there for a couple of hours, you feel a bit crap. Now, um, mm -hmm. I remember talking to you a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about whenever you wake up a little bit groggy before going to work and a lot of us are guilty of using pre-workouts as a wake-up call Yes. when you get up and yes. then there, there was a bit of a background story there. Yes, so I've been on quite a few pre-workout supplements and... Jack 3D was my absolute favorite, and if you go, to, I've, you know, I've got a personal blog, and I've, I talk about how much I love Jack 3D and how how crappy it was. It was, take, it was taken off the market because of the 3DMA. Um, now, mm? Yeah, now that you just mentioned that 3DMA, that was an ingredient that was, yeah, that was banned yes. nationally in Australia because I believe there was um, there was two Air Force pilots in the yes. U.S. Air Force that were taking this supplement, Jack 3D. And, uh, and and I think they died due to overusing it or something related to it that. Was, yeah. I'll, 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 I will do a bit of research on that. And after it was that, a cardiac issue. Okay, it was a cardiac yeah. issue. <clears throat> and then after that, they just uh, pulled all of Jack 3D off the shelves and they released a new formula. Yes. But now I know that underground and in the black market, you can still get it in Australia. So whenever you get it, you, you, you stash it up whenever yes. you can. However, this thing does work, but if you use it in long term, it will stuff you up. Yes, and that's what I found. So before <clears throat> before Jack 3D was banned, I, I stockpiled because, you know, it works. 3DMA, now I have a bit of um, an issue with this whole, I think it's a bit of a controversy. Um, and I personally, I think it's a bit, you know, to do with not, or paying or not paying off certain people and certain organizations to approve your your product. Now they did find these two these two guys, you know, passed away from cardiac issues. That was um, due to a combination of different stimulants, and there were other stresses involved. Now they'll never mention that, and you know they'll always blame that one compound for causing a problem. There are far more deaths on people overdosing on caffeine tablets than there ever have been on Jack 3D. Yeah, and that is a big one, especially with uh, professional rugby league players. Yes. They are big on those caffeine tablets. That's right. Well, look at people who work in, in well, you know, police officers and nurses. You have to work crazy hours, shift work. 
You're going to be popping those caffeine yeah, tablets. Yeah, I, I think that anything overdone is bad for you. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So even to this day, you know what? I reckon, I think Jack 3D, the old version, is fantastic. I love it. I still advocate for it. But in saying that, I myself, being a long-term user, now, now I'm facing a problem where I have seen the repercussions on my own body. So when it comes to pre-workouts, if you're doing pre-workouts, all right, cycle on and don't forget to cycle off. Yeah, and just a reminder, um, yeah, even with your fish oil, yes, you should always cycle it on and then cycle off. Because yeah, like I was you think saying, so? Yeah, yeah, everything in moderation. Mm. You don't want to be overdoing anything. That's a good idea. Have one day where you don't take any supplements. Yeah, or, yeah. or do it you know, for a certain number of weeks and then have two weeks off Okay. with nothing at all. Well, at least a week. Yeah. Just let your body work naturally because you don't want your body getting used to anything. That's what I found with a pre with, with any pre workout, even when I was on Jack 3D or Assault or anything. Mm. If I was taking that before a workout or before a training session, my body would get used to that. Yes. So you whenever, need to more next yeah. Time. So whenever I didn't have it, I would feel like crap and I wouldn't yeah. be able to perform because that was my body getting used to something that wasn't natural. Yes. But that was giving it that extra hit. Nowadays, I don't, I don't take nothing, and I just go just go with the flow. Yeah, so so my warning to everyone is that um, when it comes to any pre-workout and you don't cycle off, what happens over time is that your, your stress levels get affected and your liver gets affected. So this is what is happening to me right now. And it's nothing serious, but when you have, you know liver enzymes that are not in the right zones, not the right, you know, proportions, you start to get a little worried and you think, okay, well, I haven't had any other issues in my life. What's going on? It's, it doesn't seem like substance abuse, but then again, I wake up and the first thing I do, you know, 4 a.m. in the morning, I need my Jack 3D just to get by. There's the problem. If I don't have it, I can't function. So tapering off has been has been difficult and you know I think I described it to you it's it's like breaking up from a really toxic relationship and it's that one way you know they yeah they do make you feel good here and there and you think that you need them and the problem is you break up cold turkey and here and there you might have a fling because you just you just miss them that much and I have slipped you know I've had my half a scoop here and there but I've had to taper off that way instead of going completely cold turkey because otherwise I'm just a complete mess. So I'm getting to that stage where there are days I don't have any and I feel okay until I have my coffee <laughs> and then I feel normal. <laughs> but see, that was the thing. You know, I was having my Jack 3 and I was having my coffee. Too much so, caffeine right there. Well, it was, yeah, the caffeine combination of the, all the stimulants. And the coffee now, you know, I do my coffee with high fat, so it doesn't come on as quick. But um, before it was just good old mocha with my three things of sugar and that would give me the buzz and the Jack 3D would give me the buzz. So there you go. You know, here's a lesson. If you're going to take him, cycle off. Please cycle off so you don't have the issues that I'm having. Um, and that's the same with vitamin C as well. So we've been taking vitamin C for our immunity and... It works. It's fantastic. You know, we take it for that. We take it to help with uh, the absorption of other, you know, vitamins and minerals. But if you are doing a high vitamin C, you know, intake, 
take some time just taper off here and there so you know let's say you're going on on high vitamin c maybe just take a couple of days off let your body normalize and then you can go back into your high dose of vitamin c and it won't be an issue yeah i i, I definitely agree with that one yeah so anyway i was gonna ask you that's right on magnesium so my naturopath she's um i take magnesium for for muscle cramps and stuff like that now she recommends that i up my dose Give us a rundown. I know you did a bit of research on magnesium. If you can remember any of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, so I've been suffering from a knee injury mm-hmm. that's been there for more than a few weeks now. So there was a couple of uh, supplements that I was reading on that I should be taking, and one of them was magnesium. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned before, it does help you with cramps. So whenever you're getting those sort of you know muscle cramps, which I was getting around you know my my, my lower left calf. Because you know my injuries on my left knee, it, it has me helping. That and the fish oil that I've been taking religiously every day as part of my supplement and stuff, it has been helping with the recovery. So it prevents the cramps. Yeah, you. yeah, it definitely has been helping. Okay, fantastic. Well, you take it twice a day. Yes. You take it twice a day. Yeah, with my fish oil. With your fish oil. Yeah. Okay. Because um, yeah, they they highly recommend that for now. Sorry, I just want to, to go off on a tangent here about that injury of yours. We were discussing this today, and I asked you, like, what, what caused the injury? Yeah. Now, I cannot pinpoint it to anything. It could be just um, wear and tear over the years. Okay, no direct impact? Nothing that I can remember. Of course, like, you know, my left leg, which is my lead leg, has been um, the leg that I always shoot from. Now, yeah. shooting is for, for whenever you're wrestling and you're tackling someone and your lead leg is the is the one that's going to make contact with the ground first yeah so in this case it will be my lead leg so you know it will be that knee but yeah i cannot pinpoint it to a to a specific time or event that caused the injury okay so i was telling you about this um this study that i was doing and it was looking into stress causing unexplained joint pain no, that was interesting that you mentioned that. But, but, you know, for me, I think it is the cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. It's one of those things. It was um, it's funny because, you know, I'm doing my, my diploma now and we're doing a lot of studies into different patient types, different client types. Sorry, I shouldn't use the word patient. And one of, the, one of these types we're looking at is um, in this, this case study that I'm doing on this lady who presents with joint pain. Now, you know, she does exercise here and there, she, or she does, you know, a bit of yoga here and there, whatever, and um, she's had this chronic fatigue and unexplained joint pain and swelling, and it turns out that she's suffering, well, she has a very uh, stressful job, and that joint pain and the fatigue, the chronic fatigue, even though her sleep hasn't changed, has all come from that, so... It's interesting to note how much stress, even though we all perceive it as a as a mental issue, how it affects your body. Well, I think that stress is a major is a major player mm. whenever you're getting uh, injuries or whenever your immune system is uh, is getting a bit low. Yeah, you're more prone to pick up an, um, an illness. Let's say you know you you can get a cold easier yeah. when you're when yes. you're very stressed. So what you do say about getting pain around the joints whenever you're stressed. It could very, it could very well be true. Yeah, definitely. 
joint pain and inflammation. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it could go hand in hand very well. Well, you look at the cortisol interactions. I mean, you know, with adrenal fatigue, it's all about not being able to produce cortisol anymore. So we discussed this before. Cortisol is a stress hormone. And when you're in fight or flight, you know, someone's about to stab you or punch you or whatever, and, or you're, you're really pissed off, your cortisol is going to increase. Or guess what? You know, you have this deadline at work, you have to get it done, and you're freaking out. Yeah, your cortisol is going to increase. Even when you're exercising, this is one thing that we forget. When we train, our cortisol is released. When we overtrain, here's the problem. Here's too much cortisol. And then we work, and then we study, and then, you know, someone's stupid kid on the train is pissing us off. That's all cortisol. Now, fair enough, you're producing high cortisol. You're going to get, you know, your body's not going to do very well. You put on belly fat, your sleep is affected. It's not all great. But then when your adrenal stuff up and you can't produce the cortisol anymore, that's even worse because your body needs it. You know, cortisol is not an evil substance. It's a bit like um, now these days, omega-6 is like, oh, omega-6 is so evil. It's so bad for you because it causes inflammation. Freaking hell, your body needs inflammation to heal. You know, inflammation's a warning sign. Only thing is, yeah, we've got too much of it. That's why we take omega-3s. And so people who have a, a diet that's rich in nuts, so nuts have high omega-6, you're going to want to, you know, up your fish oil a little bit just to balance it out. Yeah. Yeah. So you're looking for like a, you know, ideally the ratio would be two to one. Well, never, you know, unless you have the perfect diet, it might not be So that. now nuts mm. that are rich on omega-6s, yeah. would they be your cashews, your oh, almonds? Oh, nuts in general. Yeah, nuts your in Brazil general. Your Brazil nuts. Because, you know, I have a lot of uh, almonds, cashews, and Brazil nuts. Mm. Because I think, you Brazil know, Brazil nuts are good. Selenium. They are the best ones, yeah. Yes. So Brazil nuts are really good for your thyroid because it's got selenium in it. Um, so selenium and iodine are the main thyroid sort of uh, helpers. Um, when it comes to supplementation, I wouldn't stuff around with that without getting a getting a check, getting your thyroid po- profile, get your T3, T4, get all that sort of stuff. Get the levels before you do anything. Otherwise, you know, you yeah, have your sea vegetables, seaweed and kelp for your iodine, and have your um, Brazil nuts for your selenium. So there you go. We're, we're packing you guys with a lot of information today. <laughs> <laughs> so Jay, take note at home. Yeah, that's it. Have a pen and paper ready. But it's just, um, we're just going by the problems that we have. I mean, you know, I have my issues and you've got your issues and we're using our experience to, to find out what's happening. With your knee, yeah. what have you been doing so far? Well, so far I've been getting acupuncture. Um, as you already knew, and I already discussed on the last episode, and now I've been getting massage, a mm. lot of massage on my on my knee. Other than that, at night I've been just um, using some physio cream or some Thai liniment, and just wrapping up my um, my knee with a bandage overnight to keep it nice and warm. And and yeah, that's all that I've been doing. Okay. Oh so, well, mm-hmm. at training I've been you know trying to adapt a few things, so I haven't been actively rolling. Mm. Or doing any, or doing any heavy drilling just to give it a bit of a rest. Okay, so what's worked and what hasn't worked? Uh well, I could pretty say that everything has been working. Yeah. Nothing major, but there has been small improvements. I think what hasn't been working is the weather. The yeah. weather has been totally against me, and like you know, when I get up early in the morning, it's freezing, and yeah, my joints they just hurt. Okay, so what's been working the best? 
I would probably have to say the massage. Yeah? Yeah, the massage has been helping immensely. Just releasing the side? Like, releasing... So, okay, I'm guessing what's happening is the muscles around your knee are really, really super tight. And so the massage is just helping to release that? Yes. Uh, and the other thing that was helping was a bit of a trigger... Trigger point? Uh, about trigger point massage, which uh, you were kindly helping me with. Yep. So, yeah, that was helping uh, a lot. Okay, so trigger point is just a, a technique that I use, and I've used for myself my own injuries, and I used it you know, for your knee a little while back, and it's all about finding the knot and applying constant pressure to release that knot. And, you know, I don't, I've got to say, do the research, know what you're doing before before you do anything. Because, yeah, otherwise you can make more more damage in yes. instead of <laughs> Yeah. But um, the whole intention behind any of this is to release muscles around the joints. So, okay, I'm going to ask you what your care plan is and I'll tell you mine. So let's just say, hypothetically, you've got a training and you've know you have, you got no injury. Let's say you, you stuffed up and you, you rolled in your ankle and you stuffed your ankle up. What would you do? Let's just, let's just run through it. What would you do if you got an injury straight away? Well, it depends what I'm doing. It depends if I'm one of the students or if I'm the coach. Yeah. If I'm the coach, there's very little that I can do. I just need to keep on marching on and looking after my okay. guys. Let's say when you've gotten home. <laughs> okay, when yeah. I've gotten <laughs> Sorry, home. Sorry, let's make it really sick for <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I've gotten home, I would ice it. No, I always ice it straight up. Uh, I would ice it probably between 15 to 25 minutes, mm-hmm. racing it up. I would race it up, put my, put my leg up on the sofa and ice it. Just, you know, to help it relax. Uh, and I would do that for the next, probably, I don't know, for the next 12, 18 hours. And after that, I would start applying a bit of heat treatment. So you do that, the good old ricer technique? Yes. Now, I know that's, that, you know, there's been a bit of debate around the old school ricer, ricer technique. Yeah? But, like yeah. what? What debate? Oh, because, you know, there was, there was some people that were against uh, applying ice straight away and then heat. 24 hours later, think about all of that. Oh, no, I didn't hear any of yeah, this. Yeah, you haven't. Okay, yeah. I will, I will try and find the, the article that I was reading and forward it on to you. Okay. But yeah, but yeah, that, that's what I always do. So that will be my management plan. Because I believe that first you, you should um, ice it, mm-hmm. you should ice the injury to bring down the swelling and the inflammation. And then later on, by applying heat, you are getting all that blood flowing, uh, flowing again. Yep through the whole area and that's what you need in order to to, you know to to recover yeah that makes sense yeah okay so my treatment plan is sort of similar but different now you know we've really been getting into acupuncture and i absolutely love the whole traditional chinese medicine side of things and when it comes to chinese medicine they're really against cold they believe that cold is harmful and especially, it's a bit like that, you know, that cold wind that you get at the back of your neck. That's what caused you to get sick. So, you know, what I did was when I had my, I had a neck injury. And I can't even remember how I got it. I must have been doing something stupid. And um, I remember, you know, walking home from work with a heavy backpack and getting home, lying down on the floor and being in absolute agony it wasn't that the time where you just turned to pick up the phone? That's right. That's right. I went yeah, to yeah. That's... It was really busy at work, and I went to answer the phone, and um, something cracked in my neck, 
And that's what it was. And then carrying that heavy backpack just made it even worse. So I get home, I'm in complete agony on the floor, unable to move. But the thing is, I'm supposed to teach two classes that night. So I'm there going, shit, I got I have to heal this thing. So I got home and I did apply ice. That was the first thing I did. Just ice the area, just to numb it a little bit. And um, after doing that, I thought, you know what? Ice, yeah, it's going to bring down swelling if I have major swelling. But there isn't. So after I iced it, I sort of just left it for a bit and um, started using heat creams. So I like, you know, just want to re reheat the area. And at the same time as doing that, when it started to heat up a little bit, I started doing the trigger point on my neck. So that was all about, you know, I used have my little ball ready and hold the position for a while. Um, and doing that and then applying another layer of heat cream and really rubbing it in and um, just repeating that procedure, it was fantastic. You know, I was able to, uh, one, I was able to move, but a lot of that involved relaxation techniques. And to be able to completely get that knot out of my neck, I had to just just ease into it and just relax. So, um, yeah, even before I had to teach my class, I'm in the car, completely relaxing, get, using my little trigger point technique, and that got me through the rest of the night. Hmm? Now, can you, can you just walk us through a relaxation technique? Okay, so what I do is similar to what you do. Taking that, uh, that slow breath in, holding it for a couple of seconds, and then breathing out again. Just focusing on the breath and nothing else. And for me, I like to visualize just melting, all my muscles just melting into the floor, you know, as if I've got nowhere else to be, nothing else to do, and I'm just, just melting. And if I have problems doing that, I just think about, you know, I'll start from the, the top of my forehead and I'll work my way down to my toes and try to relax every, every part of my body. Just focus on things like, you know, you focus on your, your forehead and relaxing all the lines there, focusing, you know, on your on your mouth and just relaxing your mouth, moving down to your shoulders and just letting them just fall into place. And that's how I did it. Everyone's got their own technique. Mm -hmm. And I think learning these meditation techniques is one of the things that we're probably going to have to do pretty soon and talk about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, um... It goes, it's very similar to mindfulness. Only thing is that the whole exercise and the whole purpose of mindfulness, especially in my case, is to bring it into those higher stress situations, like, you know, whenever you're, you're sparring or whenever you're actually rolling, um, in, in, you know, jiu-jitsu. So, you know that as soon as you start panicking and breathing heavily and everything, everything's going to go shithouse. Yeah. But if you're able to just relax and just breathe and be present... On that moment, by mindfulness, you're going to be able to perform way better. Because all of your senses, both your mind and your body, they are on that present. Yeah. Focus. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And this is one of those things. So, yeah, I just wanted to ask you what your method of, of healing was and give you sort of my rundown of what I, what I do. And just to maybe ask, you know, whoever's out there, what what's your favorite method of healing and what works for you? Because something that we could use in ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we still have so much we could talk about, but this one, well, the whole point of today was a bit of an update on 
what's going on and what we've been looking into and hopefully you know get a few of you thinking about what you want us to talk about and like bring to you next time the one that's gonna need a lot of healing right now it's uh ronda yeah. rousey's opponent did you catch the fight today no i missed it yeah i well, know she did pretty well yeah like you know there was a beautiful judo throw and then she just followed it up with some ground and pound and knocked her out like i have never seen uh, a knockout in women's mma does happen yeah well but well i haven't <laughs> seen one but it was it was really really good and and yeah Lyoto machida lost so yeah yeah, that's, that's, that's like, the I, update I, in the UFC I, 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 world. Fight, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just wondering whether you saw it or not. No, no, I missed it. Nice, no. nice uh, throw from Ronda Rousey. And then, yeah, apparently, like, I think a few weeks ago, she was challenging any any female uh, black belt or jiu-jitsu player because she was saying that she could hang with the top uh, jiu-jitsu females yeah. that are competing in the Mundials. And you know, in Abu Dhabi, she was saying that she could, she could hang with them and even you know beat them because her grappling skills are, are that good. Uh, what do you think? She's a black belt. She got it for a reason. I mean, she, but is she a black belt in BJJ? Under I who? She is. Yeah, under who? Oh no, I should look it up. Okay, yeah, you should definitely yeah, look, it up, <laughs> because, look it up because yeah, as far as I know, she's um she's a black belt in judo, yeah, Olympic level. She's represented the US, and I think she got either silver or bronze at the Olympic Games. Now, I know that her grappling would be pretty top-notch, pretty mm. high up, but I'm not quite sure whether she's um she's a black woman BJJ. We should find out. Yeah, I know that she was training with the Gracies for her fight against uh, Misha Tate for, mm. for the rematch. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll find out. But, you know, I think, hey, if you're that good, you're that good. Yeah. Well, but either way, fun. look, either way, she's trained her ass off and... She's worked very hard for the way she is right now. Yeah, and those judokas, they go through a lot of injuries and they just yes. keep on training, training, training. That's why, you know, they're just so tough. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, I wouldn't... Well, I'm pretty sure she's got a black belt, but I've got to check. But it's one of those things, you know, a female who's got a black belt isn't worth any less than a male who's got his black belt. And that's sort of one big point that I want to make. The fact that as girls trying to trying to do anything in a male-dominated sport is just it's hard you rock up to training you don't for one you know you don't feel like you're you're going to be a good training partner for anybody you feel like you're wasting everyone's time you have that mental you know that mental stuff up like just putting you down all the time and you're smaller and you're weaker than most of the people in there so you have that massive hurdle you've got to work harder just to just to get people to respect you and you know, she's, damn, she's gone through it. Like, all the respect to her for, for training that hard. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, so, so Andrew's just pulled up her her fight today, just on YouTube, this little, little clip of the, the takedown. Look at that throw. throw. That was a beautiful throw. And then just nice. ground her thumb, Straight bam, into bam, it. bam. She knocked her out. Yeah. See, very, she's just still out. Nice. The other girl tried to come back. Uh, it was Davis. I can't remember her name. But, yeah, beautiful that, that was great. Like, she has improved a lot. Yeah, she went for a classic hip throw and just listen to us commentating. <laughs> with, with <laughs> yeah, that, that, I was very, very impressed yeah, because, very... you know, she's known as, a, as you know, as the judo girl. Mm. Like, you know, she's got good throws and she's known for that amber. She's perfected that amber so well. But to see her striking and knocking someone out, that's like, whoa. Yeah. Out of this world. Pretty yeah. cool. Pretty well cool. So, 
So there you go. Don't don't put the girls down because far out. We're gonna put up with so much crap. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like the way that I see it, they are exactly like men. You know, they have one head, two arms, two legs. Yeah, yeah. And that's why you know we're all the same. When we yeah. get on that mat, it doesn't matter what color, what sex you are, what your but beliefs you know, are. Does, we're all equal. It does though. When a guy looks at you like, oh, who's this little chick? Oh, she's gonna waste my time being here. It just mind fucks you. Like, well, I don't know. Maybe because I got started into into martial arts, especially, you know, jiu-jitsu when I was still, you know, sort of youngish. Yeah. <laughs> I was, you know, in my late teen years. And from the get-go, I was training with girls. So when yeah. my age or a bit older. So I've always treated them as as normal, as training partners. Yeah. And that's been it. And I mean, you're, you're one of the rare few who do. They're, I mean, you know, I'm very fortunate to have a fantastic team. But let's say if I was going to go somewhere completely new and, you know, rock up, I would be as nervous as hell. And I, still, I get so intimidated just stepping onto, you know, if I'm going to train with a friend of mine or train at some, like, say, I'm going overseas and training with some friends, whatever it is, I get so nervous and intimidated thinking, oh, man, these guys are going to look at me like I'm a joke, you know, I don't belong here. And that feeling doesn't go away. So it's one of those things. It's, you know, what it is getting a lot better for females out there. A lot better, but... So, mm. uh, a bit of a word of advice, guys. If you're if you are there, if you're on the mat, and if you see a new female coming, make her feel welcome. Let her relax and let her know that you're that you're gonna treat her as an equal. You know, don't don't make her feel awkward or anything. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Making them feel welcome. I mean, look, I do have to admit there are different types of people out there. Some girls are just bitches. So, <laughs> what can you do? Like, hey, it happens. But anyway, we are well over time and we're gonna have to go and wrap this one up but um from us at playing karate in the garage keep on listening and thanks for joining us today and we'll see you next time